0: Hello, my name is Stephen Dickens, and you're joining us for the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm joined today by Va- Vaughan Marshall from Broadcom, who's going to tell us a little bit about his journey on the platform and some of the cool projects he's working on. So, Vaughan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Vaughn. I always start by asking um, our guests on the show to tell us a little bit about kind of your personal journey. Just introduce yourself. Give us a flavor of kind of how you've ended up on the platform and, and, and really get us orientated so the listeners can, can get started and, and start to connect with you and, and understand your journey.
1: Sure. So, uh, so I, I would say I have a, a, maybe a little bit of an atypical uh, background in the terms of uh, the mainframe platform. Uh, I'd say at the very beginning of my career, uh, I was uh, definitely working on mainframes, but uh, it was it was pretty short-lived. Uh, this was probably uh, in the early 90s, and uh, at that point in time, you know, everybody was saying mainframes were on their way out, and uh, uh, certainly it was, uh, you know, everybody was working on mainframes, that was the main thing, but what was becoming really... Um, really prevalent or starting to was uh, open systems development and so i actually uh, ended up uh, through the company i was working with working on an open systems platform when we um, were l- working on uh, new new technologies and uh, so that was that was my introduction to the world of mainframe and i didn't really end up back on the platform until much later probably in uh, i would say the 2010 fr- time frame and uh, that's because some software that uh, i had developed um, that was part of an of application integration platform was acquired by uh, what was CA Technologies, now Broadcom. And, um, you know, ultimately that piece of software kind of made it into the, to the CA Endeavor product suite, which I am now the product manager for. So, um, so a little bit different, but I certainly um, uh, have always appreciated Mainframe as a platform that can, that can uh, process a lot of transactions. It's very powerful. Uh, and it's just been a bit of a divergent journey for me to get back uh, back to mainframe, but it's somewhere where I started my career.
0: So maybe let's let's pull on that thread a little, Vaughn, for our listeners, and, and and maybe dig into what was the I suppose the reentry back into the mainframe space like. Uh, I've heard people describe that they were surprised about how vibrant and, and modern the platform was when they'd had a time away. Was, was that your experience? And, may, and maybe just give us your, your own perspective.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily I was surprised by how vibrant it was. But m- when I was coming back into the world of mainframe, you know, a lot of effort was being made to modernize um, the tools that were there for mainframe. So, uh, you know, for me personally, it was actually like a little bit like riding a bike. Uh, people people who, who didn't know me well, didn't know I had started out in mainframe were very surprised to see that I could navigate a 3270 pretty quickly and efficiently. They just thought I was a super fast learner. Um, but uh, definitely, um, you know, once I got into the space, a lot of the work that I saw going on around me was modernizing the tools and the way people are interacting uh, with the eye too. Essentially, looking at the next generation of um, mainframe developers. In terms of the platform itself, it's always been something that seems to be, um, you know, pretty pretty uh, timely in terms of the technologies and spaces. It, it, sorry, the technologies that are being used on the platform. So things like uh, pervasive encryption, container technologies, all these things that are, you know, considered pretty much uh, on the on the cutting edge in the world of uh, distributed development are still. Um, you know, things you encounter in the world of mainframe, so I guess that was a little surprising, but um, you know, definitely one thing that struck me was that the the tools, at least when I started, um, were pretty much still 3270 oriented, Uh, and uh, but that's changing really
0: quickly. And yeah, that it's interesting that you mentioned that obviously one of our projects under the open mainframe project is Zoe, so maybe give us your personal perspective of how you see that. 3270 to kind of modern interfaces panning out and and maybe speak from the experience of some of the Broadcom customers and and kind of how you're seeing them make that transition.
1: Yeah, there's a huge amount of interest uh, in Zoe and I certainly uh, am am part of that that, uh, open mainframe project. So uh, definitely got a great, um, great feel for that. Uh, you know, the way I look at it, it's actually kind of interesting. It, it almost is a parallel to what we've seen happening um, in the world of, you know, applications, right? So if we look at applications, um, you know, we've seen new technologies come along and really it's almost like sedimentary rock. There's just new layers coming on top of new layers uh, and, and um, you know, old ones don't really go away. You just add new ways of interfacing and, um, you know, if I look at the tools themselves, I'm seeing almost a similar sort of um, thing happen, right? So we've got uh, the mainframe tools, which uh, typically, if you look at the things people are using on the mainframe, they've been there for many, many years. They they're, have processes built up around them. They have all sorts of, uh, you know, things that are embedded that make them hard to, replace. And so just like when we were looking at modernizing our applications when we we're starting to build web applications and now mobile applications where we add layers on top of everything, but it's very painful to replace the core technologies that are under them. Um, it's the same thing that seems to be happening in terms of tools. So Zoe is definitely one of those things, right? People are changing the way that they interact with the mainframe. There's new layers, whether it's the Zoe desktop or Zoe CLI Uh, there's new ways of interacting and modern interfaces that kind of open the mainframe up to that next generation of
0: developers. I think the way you've just described it there with sedimentary rock is a really good analogy that people and the listeners particularly will be able to get their head around of this layering, as you mentioned, of, of technology on top of technology. I think I see a really interesting dynamic around people having more success with that approach than a rip and replace. I mean, yep. would that would that be something you'd would you'd see from the Broadcom side?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. It it makes no sense. Rip and replace is is basically reinventing the wheel over and over again. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm not saying that you can't improve things, but it's definitely a lot easier to stomach in terms of costs, in terms of risk, if you're not, you know, constantly restarting right if you're if you're taking the best of what's there and maybe uh, changing it to appeal to the next generation or so that you can achieve certain goals or, or integrations, if you can do that with minimal disruption that's the best way forward that's the best way forward in my opinion
0: yeah i would I would tend to agree so, so i mean let's maybe do a shameless plug for the products that you're responsible <laughs> with within from broadcom um, and and really just trying to understand. You know, when you talk about product manager for the mainframe application development business, kind of what that means, what the cool things you're working on, you know, maybe what would be of most interest to the listeners. We've got a pretty, uh, pretty tight crowd of mainframe um, listeners here, so maybe just give us a view of of kind of what's the cool stuff you're working on right now.
1: Certainly. So, uh, it's a shameless plug, right? So, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm uh, working with CA Endeavor. Uh, and that is, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it is, uh, we call it the, uh, the original DevOps tool. So um, CA Endeavor, actually, if you've seen it spelled out, it's uh, E-N-D-E-V-O-R and not what people usually use when spelling the word endeavor, as in to strive forward. Uh, but, um, you know, the reason for that is it's an, ac- it's an acronym, it's not a word. Oh, I didn't know that. It, That's absolutely. news to
0: me. I used to work for CA back in the late 90s, and I didn't know that. <laughs> so you're going to have to elaborate, Vaughn. Yeah, what does Endeavor mean? I'm going to it, learn something here.
1: There you go. It stands for Environment for Development and Operations. Environment me, for sounds,
0: Development and Operations. Okay. Yes,
1: it sounds pretty close to that uh, buzzword everybody's saying these days, DevOps. So I like to say, oh, yes, yeah, so DevOps, like everything else, it was invented on the mainframe uh, 30 years ago. Um, But anyways, uh, that's, uh, so, so, you know, what we're trying to do when we, when we talk to customers is really figure out how they can take that investment in mainframe DevOps that they actually have and preserve it and make it relevant in, you know, the year 2020. Um, It's, it's actually, if you boil it down to what people have done for, for many, many years and looked at the way uh, people work with our tool endeavor they're doing a lot of the same practices that um, are done with modern DevOps, so for instance, I make a change, it automatically builds. Uh, you know when I package things up, they start promoting through a defined life cycle, which to me is just a pipeline. The thing that uh, I find is uh, you know all of these things are, are happening, but when you start talking to um, you know DevOps Center of Excellence, uh, you know architects and, and uh, next generation developers. The the you know the 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 view of what's happening the 3270 view becomes something that is a barrier for them to understanding that this is really all just the same thing. Um, so the more you can interface into the tools they're more familiar with, the the more that they understand that um, this is something that can you know fit quite easily into the world of DevOps. So that's what we're doing. And you mentioned Zoe. Um, CA Endeavor was one of the products that was first out the gate with the Zoe CLI plugin. So Zoe CLI or command line interface is, uh, is basically a, a framework for mainframe that allows you to you know, essentially interact with mainframe and mainframe products through a command line interface. And of course, that's another head scratcher for us, uh, us uh, old guys because I remember when we were all getting rid of our command line interfaces. Uh, But they're making a comeback these days. And of course, the reason being it's much easier to script a command line interface than it is a GUI. So, um, you know, basically, when we start thinking about DevOps and things like that, we want to think about easy automation and, um, you know, something that runs universally in in all sorts of different DevOps tools. So, Zoe CLI has been uh, one of the things we've done to modernize our interface into Endeavor, making it scriptable in all sorts of different DevOps tools. And from there, that means you can put, uh, you know, basically pipeline views on top of what's already happening and has been happening in Endeavor and still preserve your investment. So that's it's one in.
0: thing we've been working on. It's interesting that transition, as you mentioned, you know, back to CLI. I remember, as I say, I used to work at CA back in the, in the late 90s, and it was a move to GUI interfaces and everybody was going to move away from command line and we seem yeah. to be seeing it have a renaissance what what would you put that down to for what what you know, i mean you obviously got that level of experience and and yep. see what see that dynamic firsthand maybe just you know for some of our older listeners who've seen that transition and that that trend or maybe for some of the new listeners and i know we've got a community that listened to us that would fit into that space. Maybe just give your perspective on, on that transition around command line. So
1: it's a few things um, for the, for the most part, um, you know, I would say number one is when you're, when you're looking at a command line interface, it's something that you can script and make your own. So you can make new commands. It's an, it's, it's a, basically an API, uh, that you can also use interactively. So, um, so that scriptability and that, um, you know, natural fit into the world of uh, automation is probably the number one reason. But it's also more than that. If I look at um, you know people that are working on on Linux or Unix technologies, they're very comfortable in the world of command line. And uh, if you if you're a developer, once you get good at something, you know you get very fast at it. If you can keep your hands on the keyboard, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to go and reach over to a mouse and click something. So Um, You know, you see the most productive developers and they're just whizzing away on their keyboards. And so in that sense, a command line interface is also a very uh, developer friendly advanced user interface. Uh, I won't say that, you know, maybe they have the, um, you know, the intuitiveness of a GUI, but once you know the command that you're working with, you can issue it really quickly. And uh, for that reason, developers really like uh, command line interfaces, not to mention, you know, again, it's familiarity when they're working on, you know, Unix systems through secure shell. Uh, it's all command line. So it just becomes something that they're very used to. So that next generation of developer is very, very used to using command lines and we're starting to see a renaissance or a comeback uh, with command line interfaces.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I see almost a, a bifurcation. You've almost got the low code, no code guys out there who are sort of building composable objects uh, into into code, and that's happening at the business sort of line of business level, layer. And then, as you say, you've got a renaissance back to the command line for the sort of pure developer. So it's almost I see those two those two streams. Would Would you agree? Would you Would you Would you see the same dynamic?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's the, there's definitely, uh, you know, people that um, like to get low level and command line is probably in their wheelhouse.
0: Okay. So, I mean, let's pivot maybe a little bit, start to look ahead. Where are you picking up any big trends? Are you picking up kind of feedback as you engage with the, the Broadcom client base around where they're seeing the platform as they, as they look ahead?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the the interesting thing is that is, like I said, it, when I started my career in mainframe, I was there for a bit. But the big thing that I had heard probably for 20 years was that the platform won't be here for very long. And, uh, you know, I heard that drum get beat over and over and over. Mainframe's going away. It's, it's a dinosaur, etc. But I'm actually starting to hear very, very different things now. Uh, certainly, there's probably been uh, certain classes of um, of uh, companies that have got off the mainframe. Those are the guys that aren't on the platform anymore. But if you look at companies where there's massive amounts of transaction processing going on still, banks, insurers, governments, those those types of things, a lot of them are starting to recommit to the mainframe. Uh, So that's very interesting. Um, And in that sense, uh, in in recommitting, they're also looking at the, um, you know, getting that next generation on board. And so uh, what I see happening in terms of the future, like you've said at the outset, the platform itself is pretty vibrant. There's there's lots of different things, but uh, now what we're facing is how do we get a next generation of developers involved and you know uh, you know happy to work in the platform and make it their career. And so what I'm I'm predicting and seeing uh, would be a renaissance in terms of uh, the tools that are available for mainframe. I think so- uh, I think that type of thing's going to explode as well. Um, you know, if we, we look at, uh, we're kind of in a transition period where you've got the, the, the constituency that, that is very, very happy with their 3270 environments and, and, you know, don't want to necessarily change that, but you've also got that next generation of uh, developers that want to use all of the, you know, latest and greatest tools. So we're kind of in that hybrid. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, what's going to really
0: change in the platform is going to be the tools that are in use. Yeah, and I always ask this question of our guests. If you were to look into a crystal ball and predict the future sort of two, three, maybe four years out, what would you see for the mainframe as a platform in that sort of time horizon?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Well, I think if you walked around uh, the shop, you're going to probably see a very different uh, crowd of people, a lot younger. I'm actually starting to see that at uh, Mm -hmm. conferences like Share. It's definitely a lot more younger people showing up, um, and the other thing that'll be interesting too is um, whether the mainframe will stay kind of in this silo. Uh, I, I would like to hope that in you know the next little while there'll be more of uh, it'll it'll be integrated more into let's say the the regular development areas. So you'd have more full stack developers where they think about their applications. Not so much in terms of platforms and which parts of their applications run on which platforms, but as a holistic thing, so you know if I want to make a change to a, to one of my front ends i 'm also equally comfortable and able through the tools to go into the back end and make those sorts of changes as well uh, rather than having to have these you know one section of the of the building where the mainframers live and then there's everybody else. That That's what I'd like to see happen. And I think I'm starting to see that, but I think it'll be a bit to get there. Um, but it's certainly the more and more we train the next generation and make them, you know, comfortable in the platform and make the platform more like other platforms, the more I see that happening.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I'm, I'm starting to see that same blurring of the line. It's it's more, this is the developer and now it's more independent of the platform. Yep.
1: And, and and funny enough too, what I'm also seeing is it's not just, you know, the 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 newcomers coming in and learning from the uh, from the old guard, but really also bringing new technologies to the platform. Zoe is is is, the, is a case in point, right? Um, that actually in on our in our shop, Zoe CLI was something that was done by one of our teams of developers during one of their innovation sprints, and why they did that just because they wanted to be able to use some of the tools they they. You know, were used to using in their careers. And uh, so they enabled that through uh, building a CLI for themselves. It wasn't a product or, or anything part of Open Mainframe at that point in time. It was just that next generation of developers writing tools they wanted to use.
0: And that's for me one of the really interesting trends, seeing this platform open up the community we've built with the Open Mainframe project. Really just What was probably the poster child for a closed system sort of 10, 15 years ago has just opened up Linux coming to the platform, Java and and other sort of RESTful APIs coming to the platform, opening it up to different developer mindsets. You know, most recently with things like Zoe, as you mentioned, I I think that whole openness of the platform is, is very different to where it was just even a few years ago
1: yep i would a hundred percent agree, and in fact, I think that having an open platform is critical. not only that having a community around that is critical to um you know making things prevalent it's kind of uh it's kind of the the, the old um beta versus v h uh, s analogy right if you make something closed and proprietary then it's not going to ha- be as widely adopted and certainly, i think uh you know mainframe Definitely needs to go more in that direction. It needs to be something that anybody can um, pick up and write code for. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if uh, IBM has plans around that, but they, they should. Whether it's emulators, I think, uh, you know, emulated environments, things that, you know, things that make mainframe and mainframe technologies accessible will also make it
0: more pervasive. Fantastic, Vaughan. Is there any other sort of parting comments before we start to think about wrapping up?
1: No, I don't really think I have any. Um, you know, I, I will say that um, for me, for the journey, it's been actually a surprise ending up in, in uh, mainframe again, but uh, a pleasant one. It's uh, one thing that, uh, that uh, I was reminded of as I joined the platform is the passion that the people who work there have for it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's unique. Uh, when you go to uh, events where, where you encounter mainframers, they're always a very tight community and, and that's actually great. Uh, I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I've I've I picked that same experience up. I was at, at Share, and uh, not this week, the week before. And it's always a tight knit group, very sort of keen to talk across vendors, across clients. Y- you certainly feel part of that that kind of fraternity, that club, if you will. Uh, and I think that's it, it's got a different dynamic to it as a space. Yep, absolutely. So Vaughn, that's been a fantastic conversation. I think our listeners will have really enjoyed the show. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So that was Stephen Dickens talking to Vaughn Marshall on the I'm a Main podcast for the Open Mainframe Project. If you liked today's show, please click and subscribe. Um, there's numerous other shows we can get you um, plugged into via a subscription. So please hit the subscribe button and come and join us on the I'm a Mainframer" show for the open mainframe project. Fantastic.